Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 38. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brian from Next Step Test Prep. All right, Brian, we're back for some more MCAT question fun, this time organic chemistry any, yeah, anything yeah. exciting here? Oh, gosh, no. Not in the entire field of <laughs> organic chemistry. Uh, you know, Ryan, you and I have talked a bunch, uh, you know, on this podcast and on uh, MedSchoolHQ.net's podcast about how the, how the MCAT kind of got rebalanced with this new format exam and how they really, really toned down the organic chemistry. Uh, you know, what, what used to be back in the dinosaur days of when the MCAT was on paper used to be almost 40% of, uh, one of the sections of the exam has now been reduced to a lowly, um, you know, 16% of one of four sections. So the, the mighty have really fallen when it comes to organic chemistry, um, but having said that, we, we can't ignore it entirely. So we, we've been we've been doing, you know, gosh, what, like a half a year, almost a year of these podcasts now. And I feel like organic chemistry deserves a little bit of love, a little bit of attention. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. All right. So I'll read this first one. Which of the following, uh, maybe you should read this first one because I don't want to <laughs> screw up these words. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So which of the following alkyl chlorides is most likely to undergo an SN1 reaction? Chloromethane, chloroethane, 2-chloropropane, 2-chloro-2-methylpropane. So of the various named reactions in MCAT land, you know, in organic chem, we learn like a billion of these things. Um, Very, very few of them will show up on the MCAT. And by far, by far, the most common is our classic SN1 and SN2 reactions, so nucleophilic substitution, both um, unimolecular and bimolecular. So we want to remember that for SN1, that's favored by a tertiary carbon or a secondary carbon is going to be favored by SN1, whereas a methyl carbon or a primary carbon, that's going to probably go SN2. So in this case, again, among the answer choices for SN1, we're looking for a tertiary or a secondary carbon uh, that would get attacked by the nucleophile. And so again, our choices were chloromethane, chloroethane, 2-chloropropane, or 2-chloro-2-methylpropane. 
And that last one is the right answer here because the, the chloro is on the second carbon and there's also a methyl group on that second carbon. So that would actually be a, what we call a tert-butyl group in the kind of common nomenclature. And that's a classic substrate for SN1. And if you could, a quick, a quick breakdown of the SN1, SN2 reactions. Sure. So you can find a bazillion charts out there that give you like a rundown of, you know, what what favors SN1 versus SN2. But the key to, to really not just memorizing it, but understanding it is starting with the mechanism itself, where SN2 is the classic, what they call backside attack. The nucleophile comes in, attacks the carbon and kicks off the leaving group all in a single step. And when you memorize, you know, you know, Khan Academy's got it. Next Step has it. You could literally just Google SN1 versus SN2 and find a million charts out there. Rather than just memorize it, go down the list of all the different factors and say, why would this favor a backside attack? So why would a methyl carbon or a primary carbon favor a backside attack? Well, there's less steric hindrance. Uh, why would, uh, for example, a... a um, polar aprotic solvent prefer SN2. Oh, so the nucleophile attacks the carbon instead of attacking the solvent, and, and so on and so forth, right? You go down all the various factors and ask yourself, how does this help the SN2 backside attack, as opposed to the SN1 mechanism, uh, which is a two-step process where first the leaving group just leaves. It just, you know, totally on its own, decides, you know, see ya, and takes off and forms... <laughs> the carbocation intermediate. And that's the big phrase we always remember with SN1. So SN2, we remember backside attack. SN1, we remember carbocation intermediate. And so again, when you review these charts, don't just bluntly memorize them. Try to understand how does this solvent or whatever or whatever, how does this favor forming that carbocation intermediate. And if you can plug everything back into the mechanism, you'll be much more likely to be able to apply it correctly under the pressure of test day, uh, as opposed to having just kind of ab memorized some generic stuff in the abstract. So listening to you explain all of that, I just, I can't help but think that it's really organic chemistry's fault for why we are so violent as human beings, all these attacks and, <laughs> and everything yeah. else. They really do. Well, you know, I guess it was a, a field when it was first being invented 200 years ago that uh, only let men in. So everything had to be all about attacking and, <laughs> and leaving and, and I don't know, like some sort of little war game. Um, yeah. You know, it, it really could be so peaceful. It could be, it's all bonding, it, bond forming. <laughs> it could be a cooperating and sharing electrons. They but came no. in and held hands. They didn't attack. Right, exactly. The nucleophile wants to share its love of positive charge. <laughs> All right, we're going to rewrite organic chemistry books. There you go. All right, uh, 31 here. If 3,000 molecules of triglycerides are hydrolyzed into their component molecules, what would the resulting mixture contain? 3,000 fatty acid molecules and 3,000 glycerol molecules? 9,000 fatty acid molecules and 3,000 glycerol molecules, 3,000 phospholipid molecules and 3,000 glycerol molecules, or D, 9,000 phospholipid molecules and 3,000 glycerol molecules. I don't know. So, yeah, we got to know what a triglyceride is. That's just a, a fat. Your, your lipid, yeah. your classic 
energy storage that the body uses. Yep. And we want to remember that that nomenclature there, triglyceride uh, uh, or triacylglyceride, it's sometimes called, tells you that there's three, the, and they draw it as like kind of an E shape where there's these big long tails making up the three prongs of the E. So that's three fatty acid molecules and all of them are just plugged together in these little ester linkages to a glycerol backbone. So if you take 3,000 fats and chop them up, you're going to get 3,000 glycerol backbones and just like choice B says, 9,000 fatty acids. Makes sense. Simple math. There you go. Yeah. Got to think about it. It's, it's, it's interesting, again, on, on this side of it now, when we test for triglycerides in blood and stuff, thinking about this, it's, it's a little more fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it does ultimately, you know, it, it gets you clinical eventually, right? Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta push and pull, but uh, this stuff is found in the body. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and uh, read question 44 here. So, so we're back over in SN1 and SN2 land, right? So 44 says for the reaction below, which solvent will best promote an SN2 mechanism of reaction? And then it shows us an alcohol being um, attacked by hydrochloric acid uh, and the chloride is, is uh, attaching on and H2O is the byproduct. So th the actual reaction picture, you can see it, of course, if you want to go and, and get the handout from the show notes. But really, you should just walk into the test knowing what kind of solvent favors SN2, and you don't even really have to look at the reaction. So the solvent choices we have listed here are H2O, methanol, acetone, and toluene. So first things first, on the MCAT, anytime two answer choices say the same thing, you can throw them both out. Uh, so methanol, um, it has an OH group, right? And it's, it's attached to a CH3 because it's, it's methanol. Um, but that alcohol OH on the methanol and the H2O, the OH is in water, those are going to be chemically very, very similar as far as their solvent behavior goes. Both of them have hydrogen bonding. So you can throw out both choice A and B together. It's not H2O and it's not methanol because if it were H2O, then methanol would be the same answer. Like they would both behave the same way. So really, we just have to decide between acetone and toluene. And we want to keep in mind that in order for the reaction to go, to dissolve the hydrochloric acid, to dissolve the um, propanol pictured here, you actually have to have a polar solvent. So the, the right answer here, acetone, is your classic polar aprotic solvent that SN2 is favored by. Toluene, the issue is you wouldn't even be able to dissolve the reagents because toluene is just a purely organic solvent. And by polar, what do you mean? Right. So we, all, of course, want to remember that when um, a molecule on the MCAT can be either polar or nonpolar, uh, and that depends on the bonds found in the molecule. So if you have a really electronegative atom, bonded to a much less electronegative atom, like say oxygen and hydrogen, that creates a polar bond. The polar bond itself though has to, um, that's just a polar bond. From molecule to be a polar molecule, you have to add up all the polar bonds that it has um, and they add as vectors. So that, that goes to a little bit of physics. We have to know how to add vectors in physics. Um, and if all of the polar bonds add up to an overall polar molecule, then that's what you've got. Whereas if the polar bonds cancel each other out, like, for example, carbon tetrachloride, CCl4, 
Um, chlorine is a lot more electronegative than carbon. So a single bond from carbon to chlorine would be a polar bond. But in CCL4, you have essentially a four-way tug of war with no winner, right? The, the, the overall molecule ends up being nonpolar because no one gets to win that tug of war on the electrons. All right, so there you have it. How to crush orgo discretes on the MCAT with some passages. If you head over to medicalschoolhq.net and look for the MCAT podcast session number 38, you can download the show notes uh, the the handout for this episode and follow along with us. If you don't know about Next Step Test Prep, if you just listen to this podcast and you're thinking to yourself, who the heck is Next Step Test Prep? Let me tell you, they are known for their one-on-one tutoring. So if that's something you're looking into, a one-on-one tutor, go check them out. But they also have an awesome online course for you to study for the MCAT. This course has tons, tons, tons of material. You get access to all 10 of their full-length exams. You get access to all the AAMC material. You get access to five days of office hours, live office hours with their top instructors. And you get 100 plus hours of videos covering everything that you need to know for the MCAT for a price that's much, much cheaper than any of the other companies out there. Go check them out at nextstepmcat.com. Use the promo code MCATPOD, that's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D, to save some money. Don't forget to check us out next week and every week here at the MCAT Podcast. Have a great week.